Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. to a boy All right. after doing so much after serving in the u.s army during world war ii walton purchased a single hardware store and although he had a requ- he had to request a loan from his father-in-law um, this they gave him the scope to implement this new idea that he had about always keeping store shelves stocked he always wanted to keep the store shelves stocked So once he got a chance to perfect this, then in 1962, he opened his own store. Now there is 11,000 of those stores here in the U.S. and possibly across the world. When Sam Walton died in 1992, his his heirs got a business um, that was worth half a billion dollars, billion with a B. Half a billion dollars, Sam Watson, you know his store as Walmart. You know it as Walmart. Sam Watson grew up milking cows to Walmart. Evan Williams, anybody know who Evan Williams is? Don't know who Evan Williams is, okay. So Evan Williams grew up on a farm in Nebraska. He cut short his education at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln in order to pursue his career. Williams was involved in the development of a blogger, a blogging site, a blogging app, um, and one of the first web web blogging software packages had a video feature in it called um, Audio. There was a service that began to really take place out of Audio, so they pulled that service out started its own thing with that service. And now that service that he started rapidly began spinning off and it has more than three million users today. At this point, those users use it to send messages that are around about 140 characters long. Some of y'all know what it is now. Some of us now, now we can get up to 280 characters, right? Sam, Sam Williams founder of Twitter, worth right now 1.8 billion, with a B, 1.8 billion, grew up on a farm. And then, to me, the most impressive story was about Howard Schultz, second most impressive story I'm going to tell you today, about Howard Schultz. Some of y'all know who Howard Schultz is. I see some heads nodding already. Some of y'all know who Howard Schultz is. So Howard Schultz was born in July 19, 1953 in Brooklyn, New York, the child of two high school dropouts, two high school dropouts. He grew up in a public housing project in Brooklyn. So Sam Schultz, or sorry, Howard Schultz coming from the projects, um, his father broke his ankle when he was about seven years old. So after breaking his ankle, Um, He could no longer do his job of delivering newspapers and picking up and delivering diapers from different people, which is what his father was doing for a living. So once he could no longer do that, his family was left with no income. So Howard grew up poor. 
to pay for college, Howard had to take out student loans and do various other jobs like working as a bartender and even occasionally selling his blood. Can you imagine selling your blood to pay for tuition? <laughs> selling your blood to pay for tuition. I'm not there yet. <laughs> not there yet. <laughs> so after graduating in 1975, Schultz would go on to work for Xerox and then he would go on to work for various other places and do I and N jobs until he started his own coffee store. Started his own coffee store at the age of about 29. Some of y'all know where I'm going with this already. To start that own coffee store, he asked 242 people for a loan for, for, to, to invest in this coffee store. 217 people said no. How many of y'all know it's 217 sad people right now? <laughs> sad people right now. Because right now, that's those stores that, um, that Howard was, was attempting to, to start, right now it's worth 3.4 billion. Oh, I'm sorry. The stores, Sam, um, Howard is worth $3.4 billion with a B. Billion with a B. The stores are worth 101.52. I'm gonna say that again. 101.52 billion with a B dollars. Some of y'all give him money every day. <laughs> Some of y'all give him money every day. For, for those of you, hey, listen, I'm guilty. Not every day, but I'm guilty. For those of you who don't know who I'm talking about, Howard Schultz, founder of Starbucks. Founder of Starbucks. Founder of Starbucks from the projects of Brooklyn. Founder of Twitter from a farm. Founder of Walmart out of the Great Depression starting with one, one hardware store. Don't despise small beginnings, but the scripture gives us an even greater small beginning. Y'all wanna know what this, what this scripture small beginning is? Look at Mark chapter four. Mark chapter four, verse 30. Then he said, to what shall we liken the kingdom of heaven? Or the kingdom of God in some translations. Or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds of earth. But when it is sown, it grows up to become greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. Small beginnings. Small beginnings. Interesting thing, side note about the mustard seed, um, Pliny the Younger, who's a, a Roman historian and a, and a Roman author, um, often said that mustard seeds are extremely beneficial to health able to cure a long list of ailments. Some of y'all ain't hear that. So let me reread this and then say that again. 
He said, this is the verse now, he said, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds of the earth. So let me just stop right there so I don't confuse anybody. And let's read what Pliny said again. Pliny said he viewed the mustard seed as extremely beneficial to health. Able to cure a long list of ailments. I'm sorry, does that sound like the kingdom of God to somebody in here? Does, does that sound like the kingdom of God to anybody in here? That's just a side note, because that wasn't the main point of Jesus' parable. That was just a side note. <laughs> that one's for free. You know. Make your checks payable to Revival Tabernacle. <laughs> Sorry, we don't preach that doctrine in here. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the main point of the parable is to contrast the beginning of where the kingdom starts to where the kingdom ends. That's what Jesus is doing with the parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. When it's sown, it's like the smallest seed. Interesting enough, mustard seed actually isn't the smallest seed in the world. Don't worry, I'm not calling, saying anything about the Bible. Don't worry, not. What Jesus' point was, Jesus, is, well, Jesus was actually just making a word picture. He wanted to just get a point across. It's like if you handed me an extremely cold bottle of water and I took a sip and I go, wow, this is like the coldest water ever. I'm not literally calling it the coldest water ever. I'm just making a point that, wow, this is really cold water. So interesting enough, the mustard seed isn't literally the smallest seed ever. It wasn't even literally the smallest seed in the Middle East at that time. But what Jesus was saying is the kingdom of heaven is like this little, small, tiny, tiny, tiny thing that's so easy to look over, so easy to discard, so easy to not really hold, not really, not really easy to, to, to look at and think that it's ever really going to be anything. You look at that, and then it becomes this giant tree and it herbs in, uh, in, a, in a garden and birds are able to come and nest in it and you get all of that from this little thing. The kingdom of heaven grows. It's not something meant to be stagnant or still. And we see that in the history of where Jesus, where, where the kingdom of heaven was when Jesus stated this to where the kingdom of heaven will actually end. When Jesus stated this parable, the kingdom of heaven was about 12 people large. I mean, you had Jesus and his disciples. So, I mean, if you count in Jesus, then it's 13. I mean, I feel like Jesus goes without counting. So, <laughs> so I, I counted as pretty much 12 people large. And then you had some other followers like, you know, Mary and Martha and Lazarus and some of the other folks. Um, so even on the day of Pentecost, which is when the Holy Spirit filled, you had 120 people in that upper room. 120 people, 3,000 got saved that day, right? 3,000 got saved that day, right? But from 120 people plus 3,000, so that's 3,120 people. Right now, most recent estimations is that there are 2.2 billion, with a B, Christians on this earth right now. 2.2 billion Christians 
on this earth. From 12. And one of those 12 wasn't even really with Jesus because he betrayed him like two weeks later. So, <laughs> so it was really like 11. <laughs> and Martha was doing a whole lot of work around that time instead of listening. So it might have been like 10 and a half. But <laughs> so up to 2.2 billion and the, you know, the tricky part about that is 2.2 billion. See, every other time that I said billion up until this point in the sermon, billion was the ending point. Sam Schultz or Howard Schultz, Starbucks, 101.52 billion. And then that's kind of, you know, I mean, that's where we are right now. That's all we got. Or, you know, Walmart, you know, billion. And then that ends. Kingdom of heaven ain't stopped growing yet. Kingdom of heaven has not stopped, does not stop, will not stop there at billion. This isn't even a true end because the true kingdom of what Jesus was referring to is yet to come. Jesus returns, when Jesus returns to put the whole world at his feet and comes with every saint from beginning all the way to the end, how many man, when the saints come marching in. <laughs> oh, Lord, I want to be in that number, <laughs> in that number. I don't know what it'll be. We might be up to trillion or a trillion or a zillion or, but whatever it is, let me be one of them, Lord. <laughs> let me be one. The kingdom of heaven is meant to grow. And when, it is, and when it does, it's unrecognizable from the old state that it used to be in. Let me say that again. The kingdom of heaven is meant to grow. And when it grows, the contrast, the last state that it was in versus the first state that it was in is so different that you would never think that it was able to come from this little thing. Would never, I mean, the Pharisees didn't in Acts. That's the reason why they let the disciples go. If they had known, and even, the, and even the Bible later on says about Satan and his forces, they said if the kingdom of darkness had known, had known what they did when they crucified the son, never would have done it unrecognizable from what it was. So we've seen this happen before, though. Not before this, but we've seen this happen since. That's a better way to put it. We've seen this happen in us. We've seen this happen in our own lives. We've seen this happen with what we go through as believers because the kingdom is meant to grow. And when it does, it grows and it's unrecognizable from a little mustard seed, little thing, to something that's, they said, so one of the things historians say is that um, the, the mustard seed, when it grows, it grows to, a, it can grow up to about 10 to 12 feet. 10 to 12 feet. Now, don't get me wrong, not now, but when I was 25, I could dunk a basketball. <laughs> All right. I can still grab, it's a little high for me now. I can still, gra I can still grab rim. I can still touch rim. 
all right, so I could still touch rim. But when I was 25, I had a couple extra, you know, you know. But I ain't have 12 feet worth of hops. <laughs> not at all. Did not have 12 feet worth of hops. Listen, this little thing to something that's 12 feet, and not only is it 12 feet tall, it's not just something that shoots up 12 feet, but it's something that's 12 feet and spreads far enough to where other creatures can come and take advantage of the shade and the life that that tree has. See, some of y'all still not thinking about the kingdom when I said that, so I'm going to say that again. It grows and spreads, and other things that are not itself can come and take advantage of the life that, that some of y'all, so okay, so we right here, and we right here right now, so I'm going to keep saying this and pushing it backwards until we get further back. See, when the kingdom grows, it spreads, and other things that are not a part of itself can still take advantage of the life. The life that is held within the kingdom. When it grows into something, it grows into something that's unresembled, that does not resemble what it was before, that you never could have predicted. And once again, that's that's something that we've seen in us since. Something that we've seen in us since. The kingdom of God in our own lives. Because, okay, so I'm a pastor's kid. So I'm a pastor's kid. So some of y'all know what that means. I heard somebody say, uh-oh, when I said that. So, <laughs> so when I was around, I think it was around 22, 23-ish or whatever, I looked a lot different than what I did now, a lot different. I was obviously still the same height, but I had a couple extra inches of hair. Some on this side too, <laughs> all right. Hair so long that, you know, when I got it braided or if I ever got it straightened, it was, it was, it was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but God <laughs> bought clippers into my life. No, no, <laughs> no. Not only did I have hair, not only was my hair different, but my life was different. I was a college student around that time. And I was living a life that is completely opposite of what our college students that we will be sending out in this place will be living in their, their, their campuses. Um, I was living a life of, you know, I was drinking and I was smoking and fornication and whatever it is. So you can kind of look throughout the Ten Commandments and whatever, whenever don't was in front of it or do not, I did. Except still. No, not not stealing, no, no, but kill, not kill, not kill. Uh, I thought <laughs> now now there was now there was some things there were some things I thought I didn't have to say, but let me go. <laughs> maybe I need to go down the list for some of y'all. <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe I need to go down the list for some of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case, 
for the second time today. Don't get it twisted, <laughs> all right? I should have named this title to the sermon, Don't Get It Twisted. Maybe that's what it should have been. <laughs> and, for, and for all of you watching <laughs> at home, listen, my life, and so if you ever need a character witness, you know who you can ask? You know who you can ask? Dwayne. Y'all remember Dwayne? Yeah, man, I've known Dwayne for like 17, 18 years now. Yeah, me and Dwayne, we were, we were college buddies, and we had the same, the same uh, major in college and everything like that. So he knew me from since way before to way after. So just letting you know, if you ever need a character reference, then, you know, you can, you can talk about the, the kingdom's transformation and how it really is unrecognizable <laughs> now from what it was. But that's me. And some of you have those same kind of stories. Some of you have those same, this is what I was, but God. <laughs> and some of you and me have those, this is where I would have been, but God. But God. But God worked. And God's working in all of us right now because the kingdom of heaven is not just meant to grow out there. It's meant to grow in here. Let me say that again. The kingdom of heaven is not just meant to grow out there. It's meant to grow in here. In here. See, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. And even what it does in here makes us unrecognizable from what we used to be. And here's one of the things that was really on my heart, and just say this, let me just say this from my heart to yours. Here's what we don't want to be. We don't want to be one of those believers. Y'all know one of those believers who we've been in church and we've been in the same seat for 10, 20, 30 years, not saying anything against sitting in a particular seat, but just get where I'm going with this. 10, 20, 30 years, and you still look the same, 10, 20, 30 years, and you still talk the same, 10, 20, 30 years, and you're still acting the same, 10, 20, 30 years, and it becomes a point to where when you walk up to something and, and you pick a, you, you're looking for some tree and a savior comes up and he's looking for some, tr some fruit from a particular tree, he doesn't see any. Can I ask Dr. Watson about that? She was just talking about that, right? 10, 20, 30 years. The kingdom of heaven is not stagnant. It doesn't sit still. The kingdom of heaven is a seed and it grows and is meant to grow inside of us. Listen, there is a life inside of you. And if, and if we're in this place and, and we're saying to ourselves, man, have I been the same? Maybe kind of, I don't know. Listen, there is a life inside of you and it is trying to live and it is trying to live itself out inside of all of us. When you go home from work, 
and you get that little desire in here, and it's like, man, it sure would be nice to, to maybe get some time in prayer before I go to bed. Where do you think that comes from? Anybody in here ever wish they just read the Bible a little bit more? Got a chance to read a little bit more or whatever? Where do you think that comes from? It's a life inside of us. And that life is trying to get from the inside of us, outside of us, to the rest of the world. Because the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. And what it was, you won't see it. You won't see it the same way when it's done. And it's doing the same thing in here to us. And that changing and that transformation is going. And it is going. See, we understand that life sometimes is a battle. Right? Amen. Life sometimes is that battle. And in that battle, let me ask you this. Two armies are going to go to war, right? Which army is, let's, let's just say this, which army has the advantage? The, there, there are a few answers that you could give. I'm going to do this like one of my Bible school teachers used to do. All those answers are good. But let me give you my answer. <laughs> the, army, the, one, the, the army that has the advantage is the one that's better armed. The one that's better armed. The one that's better equipped. So as Christians, we have this life trying to live itself out inside of us, being the kingdom of heaven and we all know we have our carnal nature trying to live itself out inside of us so we have two opposing forces push and pull back and forth two opposing forces which one of those do you think has the advantage the one that we arm which one do we arm are we arming the spiritual are we arming the kingdom inside of us or are we arming the carnal? Are we arming those things that are opposing the growth that the kingdom is trying to do? Which one do we arm in this place today? And what we choose to watch and what we choose to listen to and the places we go, sometimes to friends we hang out with. I've been places and there are some people that I may have had to separate myself with from for a little while. I'm not saying friends aren't good, but you know, bad company corrupts good character. That's a saying for a reason, right? <laughs> Which one do we arm in this, in this battle? God said this. God said, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will. Let me say that again. God said, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will. So that doesn't mean that you delight yourself in the Lord, and you can just get what you want. For the second time, I'm going to say, we don't preach that doctrine here. All right. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you new desires. And as he give you new desires, he will then fulfill the desires that he has given you inside of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you new things in here. So how do we grow? And I don't just to give you guys a head up, I never planned on being too long, so we're, 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 we're wrapping up a little bit here. Listen, 
So pastor's up here sometimes, and he's like, man, I'm hungry and, and stuff like that. And I'm like, listen, pastor, <laughs> you got no idea. <laughs> listen. <laughs> I'm just, I'm holding his mic a little low. I'm surprised y'all ain't heard a little rumbling right now. But listen, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. If you don't want, if you don't have what, so let me give you just, let me give you a two-step process for growth. Okay, can I do that? Can I do that today? Can I give us a a two-step process for growth? Okay, let me give you this for the kingdom of heaven. So the, the, the big key is I'm already talked about desires in the life living out, living inside of you and how that life starts to desire. So listen, if you feel that life inside of you desire something holy, what do you do? What do you do when, you're, when your stomach, speaking of food, desires something and is hungry? What do you do with that? You feed it. Now, if you have a taste for chicken, how many of us go get pork? No? I mean, it's the other white meat. You know, it's just, I'm saying, pork eaters? No? When we have a desire for chicken, nine times out of ten, we're kind of going to try to, we're going to find a way to get some chicken, right? If we have a desire for it, we're going to find a way to get that chicken. It could be no chicken in the fridge. I live right across the street from Walmart. Listen, this is what we're about to do. That's like a ten-minute walk, five-minute walk, something like that. And that's only because their parking lot is so big. All right, so we can, we can get some chicken. When you have a desire for something spiritual inside of you, give into it. Feed it. So my old pastor, when I was in college, used to say this. He used to tell us a lot of times, when, when you get that desire to pray, when you just get that desire to pray, don't make it complicated. Just go ahead and just, just get it and just give into it and just go ahead and pray because where is that desire coming from? It's not just coming from you. The Lord said, no man comes to me unless, unless the Spirit draws him. That's not just you. That's God tugging, tapping. Psst, psst. Hey, you got a minute? God is like, hey, you got a minute? Psst, psst. Can, we, can, we, can we come over here? You got a minute? You get a desire to read the word. You get a desire to pray. God is like, man, I want to hear what's on your heart right now. You got a minute? I want to just spend some time with you. You got a minute? Get a desire to read the word. God is like, listen, I just felt like I wanted to share something with you right now. You, you got a minute? I wanted to give you some, something I, I kind of been wanting to say to you for a little while. You got a minute? Can we talk? Give into it. Follow it. Step one. I'm going to talk about this is kind of a subsection to step one. If you don't have those desires, listen, let's just be honest. There might be some of us in here who don't have those desires. And some, and, or maybe we would say, I don't have those. I'd have them, but I don't have them all the time. And I don't have them consistently and things like that. Let me tell you, my favorite author 
A.W. Tozer. Favorite author, favorite Christian author, A.W. Tozer. If there was any book I would recommend for every Christian to read, it would be The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer, The Pursuit of God. That's mine. All of it, you can ask any of the pastoral staff, we'll all have a different book, so that's mine. So. A.W. Tozer, The Pursuit of God. Something that A.W. Tozer said, I believe in the second chapter, of the, at the end of the, or actually it might be the end of the first chapter of The Pursuit of God is this. If you don't have the desires, Tozer said, and he was praying at the end of that chapter, and he said, oh God, I want to want thee. Let me say that again. God, I want to want thee. I long to be filled with longing. I thirst to be made thirsty for you. I would never ask anybody in here to try to conjure up something that they don't have. Nor am I asking us to live a Christian life based off feelings. Okay, that's a whole nother sermon. But nor am I asking somebody in here to live a Christian life based off feelings. But how many know we are in a relationship? And we know in a relationship we do feel. And listen, if you don't have that hunger for God, it is completely okay and recommended that you just go to God. I do it all the time. Just go to God and say, man, God, I really need to be more hungry for you. God, I really need to be more hungry for you. I'll just tell it, I'll just tell it to him like, like Sozer did sometimes. God, I hunger to hunger for you. God, I thirst to thirst for you. What do you think God is going to do with that prayer? We don't think God is going to be like, well, you really don't want me. So, you know. No, God is like, oh, is that what you want? I can fulfill that. I got that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fill you with me. Because God is like Pringles. Once you pop. You just can't stop. <laughs> Once you pop, you just can't stop. <laughs> I think somebody in Pringles was probably saved and just knew, and they, whoever was marketing for Pringles, they probably, somebody, some saved person was probably in the room and was like, yeah, this is what it is. <laughs> this is true. Once you pop, you just can't, listen, you get a little bit of God, and, you, and you're going to want a little more. Then you get a little more, and then you want a little more. Then you get a little more, and then you want a lot more. Then you get a lot more, and you just like, forget it. I'm going. <laughs> what do you want? What do you need, God? Last thing, last step for growth is this. If you're, if you're, when you are growing, listen, serve. Serve. I know we've been in church for a long time and we've seen those illustrations of somebody who's holding on to so many blessings and God is trying to give them more blessings, but they just can't hold any more in their hands. You know, I was thinking about having somebody come up here and hold a bunch of water bottles and all that stuff, but we've seen that illustration before, right? Because we've seen that, we know. But listen, a lot of times that comes in and we use that illustration for blessings. But how many of you guys know the blessing of us is the same way? The blessing of us 
Sometimes we get so filled with us that God just don't have any room to get in and give us anymore. So sometimes we need to give of ourselves a little bit so that God can come in and fill us a little bit with a little bit more of him. <laughs> serve. Anybody who was in Go Deeper heard me say, saved people, serve people. Save people, serve people. This is something that the Jews missed. Let me show you that in Mark 32. This is something that the Jews missed. In Mark chapter 32, and sorry, in Mark chapter 14, some of you guys are like, 32nd chapter of Mark? Now, <laughs> Bible you read. Um, the, in Mark chapter 4, verse 32, it says, but when it is sown, talking about the seed, it grows up to become greater than all the herbs and shoots and, sh and, and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. So the kingdom of heaven got its branches and is, and is giving shade to something that wasn't itself. This is what salvation is supposed to be for us. Coming in and giving fruit and giving life and giving shade to things that are not of themselves. Here's what the Jews missed. A lot of historians and a lot of theologians say in verse 32, those birds in the air are us. A lot of theologians, and I won't say all because some theologians believe something different, I lean a little bit more towards the understanding that Jesus is telling the Jews right now in verse 32. He's saying, listen, the kingdom of heaven grows because remember, the Jews were God's chosen people, right? So with the Jews being God's chosen people, the Jews had the, the kingdom of heaven, they say, was theirs. The kingdom of heaven was for God's chosen people in their minds. And then when Jesus comes down and gives them this parable, that, and they didn't understand the fact that if the kingdom of heaven is the tree and it gives shade, then those birds that are coming in that are going to start nesting within the kingdom are, Jew, are Gentiles. Are Gentiles. See, the Jews, once again, we know the Jews thought salvation was for them. They thought he was their Messiah. And they didn't understand and they didn't know that we were going to be the beneficiary of their salvation. And they completely missed it. So just like we're the beneficiary of their salvation, other people now are meant to be the beneficiary of our salvation. See, we have, we're under threat to miss it just as easily as, as the Jews during that time did. We got it from them. And now we're supposed to take it to other people so that now they can benefit from us. Paul calls it being grafted in. Paul calls it being grafted in. The kingdom of heaven worldwide is grown and is supposed to be a shade to people of different countries, different nationalities, different races, different people who used to be different beliefs and now supposed to come in and say, wow, this kingdom of heaven life isn't that bad. How'd you guys get here? And then we get to say, oh, let me tell you how I got here. <laughs> let me tell you, his name is Jesus. 
He planted a seed in here, and I just can't get it to stop growing. He planted something in here, and I have never looked the same since. Because the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's so small, but when it grows up, all the kingdoms of the world. Beloved, that's what I have for you today. I want to pray with you, and then I'm going to have Pastor Devin come up and do his pastoral thing. But the kingdom of heaven is meant to grow, is meant to grow inside of us. It's not for us. It's for them. It's for everyone else. Remember, save people, serve people. Father, we hunger to hunger for you, Lord. God, we thirst to thirst for you, God. God, I can say that so honestly, so many times. I can say that honestly forever, God. God, we hunger to hunger for you. We thirst to thirst for you. We're meant to look so different in the end, and God, we know we will be. But God, we just need a little bit of your touch, a little bit of your grace. So Lord, I'm asking for everyone in this sanctuary, including myself, especially myself, God. God, I want you to grow inside of us. Let your kingdom grow inside of us, God. God, let your kingdom grow inside of us, Lord. Because when it grows inside of us, God, it grows out there. We take it to the world and it grows out there. So, Father, we just, we thank you. We thank you for this word today. And we just worship you for, is your hand and your heart and your desire to come give us yourself because you love us. And that's why we're created, Lord God. So we just thank you, God, and we worship you today. It's in your name I pray. Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders.